Good morning. Just a reminder, uh, as we begin, you can follow along on your Uversion app uh, on your smartphone for an outline for uh, uh, questions as well as scripture references. And uh, this last week, as Paul reminded us, uh, we started a new series on the one another's of the New Testament, over 50, as Paul explained, such as serve one another, encourage one another, uh, love one another. And I hope that it is our corporate prayer together that we'd grow closer as a community this summer. And because last week we looked at what it means to love one another. And then whenever we, we serve, whenever we encourage, whenever we pray for one another, it all should be seen as love. But this week we're looking at what it means to pray for one another. Writer and speaker Richard Foster uh, said, if we truly love people, we will desire for them far more than it's within our power to give them. And this will lead us to prayer. Prayer is a way of loving others. But as we think about the importance and the privilege to pray for others, I I know for some of us it can be kind of awkward and uncomfortable to pray. And as I was thinking about that, one of the first times that I experienced a kind of a group prayer, I was just a a kid and my dad was a pastor at the time. And there was a visiting team that was going to do music and speak. And I remember my older uh, brother and I were hanging out in the fellowship hall, kind of probably up to no good, and uh, uh, which was really close to by the pastor's study where they were going to pray. And we were, uh, so they invited us to pray with them, and we reluctantly uh, agreed. And I just remember uh, being invited, closing my eyes, being in that, that circle as they prayed for the impact of the night's message. And all of a sudden, to my shock, my older brother made a bodily impact of his own. And I'm not talking a quiet impression. And at that point, uh, my brother and I couldn't hold in the laughter. And so we had to to leave kind of awkwardly through the prayer time. See, sometimes, though, when we think about prayer... Uh, on praying for others, it can be awkward, even especially as being a young believer. You see, at the same time, I don't want to discount prayer and that prayer is power and, there, and prayer changes things. See, God's design is to draw us closer to not only to himself, but to each other. The word uh, we use when praying for others is the word intercede. And to intercede simply means to plea on another's behalf, to act as a mediator between two parties. So when it comes to praying for others and interceding on on behalf of others, uh, it is said that in in prayer we stand between or next to them and God. You see, each of us, if we're honest with ourselves, each of us need prayer. Because within this body, each of us may be going through marriage difficulties. May be going through uh, difficulties in their finances. They may have someone in their family that is far from God. 
You may be dealing with end-of-life issues. And in all of those issues, we need prayer and support. But you have to fill in the blank. James 5.16 says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. But rather than just praying on our own, God has given us the gift of each other to come alongside us and pray for those issues that are deep within our heart. Jesus also promises to us his presence. Matthew 18, 20 says, Where two or three gather in my name, there am I with thee. So we begin this uh, morning. Let us uh, begin in prayer as we pray for God's uh, blessing on our time. Let's pray. Lord, gracious God, we thank you that uh, you have given us the gift of prayer and you have given us the gift of each other. So God, I ask that you would work within us. That you would, um, within our own hearts, we would come before you knowing we have that gift but that we can come before you not in our pride, but we can come in our brokenness. That you just desire a relationship with us and to love others through prayer. So we ask your blessing upon our time in the reading of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, as we begin, I don't want to gloss over that God longs for our prayers, that he longs for that, that intimacy with him and because it is truly a, a privilege. And God, it is God's gift for us to draw closer to him through the gift of prayer. And with this in mind, we can come before him freely with our concerns, with our struggles, with our requests, and with our fears. He wants us, simply, us to simply come to him. Paul tells us in Ephesians 6.18 that we are to come to him without any inhibition. He says, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. See, what Paul is saying is that we are to pray regardless of the issue to offer our petitions, our requests, for God desires all our prayers. But God has designed prayer not to be just a private luxury, but we are also given the privilege and responsibility to pray for one another, to come alongside others in their joys and struggles of life, to not only be the brothers and sisters in Christ, but to be the church God has called us to be. See, prayer binds us as believers together. Charles Finney said that nothing tends more to cement the hearts of Christians than praying together. And so as we look at these these one another's this summer, indeed, prayer creates community. It creates solidarity and mission as we seek God's mission together. 
But praying together is also a way that we can encourage and provide support to one another. As you may know, Corey and I have uh, four young kids. And, and recently I was thinking, of, I have 20 years, probably even more, of various requests of, of my uh, time or resources. And right now, uh, if you're in the same stage as I am, it's, it's candy or it's, uh, can I watch a movie? Um, but I know, and you can tell me later on what the other requests will be, but I, am, I anticipate that they're going to be either money or the car. But, you know, what is our response? How do we respond to those situations or those requests? And I think about our relationship with God. When we ask requests, I think God also responds in the same way. See, Bill Hybels, a pastor at Willow Creek, uh, said that there are four requests that God, four responses to our request that God gives. And so I wanted to just reflect on these a little bit. Um, and so the first one, how God would respond is, uh, to say no. Simply say no. If the request is wrong, God will say no. Well, we can then go on from there. If, if God says no, what, what, else, what are the other responses that God may have? Second is if the timing is wrong, when we ask a request and it's, 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 it's not the right timing for us, or for the situation or whatever it might be, God might choose to say slow, go slow or wait. Well, a distinct possibility of um, it might be our third is if something is amiss in our life, that there's a sin or there's an issue that needs to be dealt with in our life. The third response may be you need to grow. But lastly, if the request is right and the timing is right and you are right, chances are God will say, let's go and grant the request. See, either God says no slow, grow, or go. But as we pray for one another, it is a shared request between, between individuals, isn't it? And the requests anticipate a response. Prayer is simply an appeal, asking God for His provision, His guidance, for His healing, for His intervention, whatever it might be. And as we pray for others, we are simply advocating for another requesting God's help. Well, Scripture also gives us a warning that there are times that we don't receive because simply we don't ask. And James 4.2 simply says, you want something, but you don't get it. You kill and covet, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. See, there are times it says that we try to do things on our own accord. We, we quarrel and fight. We strive for the, those things by ourselves. But consequently, our hopes aren't met because we simply did not pray for it. And doesn't that make you stop and think about our prayers? And as we think about what it means to pray for another, either giving or receiving, I understand within you know, our body and this congregation and within the Christian community that there are many fears. 
many fears that we might have. Because <coughs> many of us have fears in praying for one another. See, for some of us, it might be just praying audibly for someone else. For others, it might be just uh, simply feeling like you're going to mix up your words and praying for another. But my encouragement to you is that Jesus address these issues and then how we are to pray. And he gives us uh, an instruction and he also gives us a promise as we pray for ourselves and for others. First, he says <coughs> that we are to pray humbly and simply. See, and when you pray, as Matthew 6, 5 through 8 says, uh, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. And then it says, and when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask them. I believe this not only summarizes uh, 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 prayer, but I, I think it, it summarizes Jesus's ministry where he's saying this is really about the heart, your relationship with him. It's not about the prayer. It's not about you. It's not about how wordy or eloquent your prayer is or how your view or your prayer is viewed before others. Rather, Jesus is saying it's about your heart. And it's okay for your words to be few. So we are to pray humbly and simply. But there's also a promise as well. That when we pray, we're not alone. That the Holy Spirit helps us. Romans 8, 26 and 27 says, In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in, in accordance with God's will. What a promise that the Holy Spirit works through us. He intercedes on our behalf. You see, as a pastor, the question often is, How do we pray for others? How do we actually intercede for others? And so there are times that we we are asked in either life or death situations, or it might be, excuse me here, but it might be in um, job changes, it might be in relationship changes, but we're asked, how do we truly pray for others? And the promise is, though, that the Spirit knows. The Spirit intercedes for us when we do not know how to pray. And so we have the promise that the Spirit is and with us. <coughs> so I don't know where you're at, but I want, you to, to, I want to encourage you to, to step out of your comfort zone. To be bold, to... To pray for one another, even if it means, uh, as, as again, a simple prayer. God, please help my friend. 
God, would you, would you bring healing to my friend? Give him strength today. But we are to know that in confidence, we can pray for one another and we can pray for others with many types of prayers. Well, if you have ever been uh, to, the, <clears throat> to the Nelson home, um, one thing you can count on if you, if you have dinner with us, that there will be a prayer fight. Um, let me explain. <coughs> Our youngest, Charlotte, uh, who's two, um, will always want to pray. And she has the, uh, just a simple prayer that she says each time. And even if the other girls are designated to, to pray, Charlotte will yell that prayer over them. And uh, so I, I always wonder what, what God thinks of that. It's a theological nightmare. Well, as we pray for one another, I, I, I want you to know that we can pray, just a reminder, you can pray anytime and anywhere. And, we, and as we address some of our, our fears for others, uh, though there are things that hold us back in praying for others. And, and so in response, I, I kind of want to address a few of those fears that we have in praying for others. See, the, the first one, if we're honest with ourselves, the first obstacle or the first hurdle that we have in actually praying for others is our own pride. See, when dealing with, with others <coughs> and life's issues and so forth, we try to keep the facade going, don't we? That we have everything okay, everything's okay, we're, we're, everything's perfect, nothing is, is wrong. And so we, uh, we, we only ask for prayer when it gets really bad. And I know at, at times I, I feel like I shouldn't bother anyone with, with my request or my burden. But isn't that what we're here for as, as the church? To share our lives together, to invest in each other? And so I, I come to realize that I'm, I'm not only missing out on, on growing deeper in relationship with someone else, but I'm also discounting the power of prayer in my life. And what for? Just my own pride. And so I looked to, to Paul. The Apostle Paul was not afraid to, to ask for prayer. And I could show you several uh, examples of um, in uh, Colossians 4, 3, and 4, as well as Ephesians 1 and 2, where he just says, And pray for us. And pray for that I would proclaim and so forth. See, Paul was not afraid or too proud to ask for prayer. And he coveted those prayers because he knew that was his lifeline. That is your life line. See, we need to do the same. We not need to not look at prayer as a burden, but allowing others the privilege to just pray for us. Well, our second obstacle is, is busyness, and that um, we need to overcome uh, the lie that we are too busy for prayer. This, uh, this past week, I was reading a devotional with uh, my girls, and, and the uh, devotional posed the question and said that if you were given $86,400 uh, a day, and at the end of the day it was zeroed out, what would you use it on each day? 
And so me and my girls had some good conversation, and, and we, uh, they suggested that they would give bikes to the world. Um, I don't know if that was the best thing, but, but the point of the story was, rather than it being money, it is our time. That each day we have 86,400 seconds to use, and it is up to us how we use that time. And it says we can use prayer anytime and praying for each other. It doesn't have to be confined to a place or a time. It could be in the car, or the gym, or in the shower, whatever it might be. See, Colossians 1.9 says this, the same. For this reason, since the day we have heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. See, don't stop praying for each other. Figure out a system that works for you if it... Uh, I found that my phone is a great way to remind me to pray for others. Um, I also, um, when someone brings a request to me, I don't say, oh, I'll be praying for you because what happens? We forget. And so I take the opportunity right there to pray for them, knowing that I won't forget. So it doesn't matter if it's a restaurant or a doctor's office or in, the, in a hallway, just stop and pray for them. And so when we can pray for others, we can release those, those anxious thoughts and, and turn them into a positive communication with God. For God calls us to pray. Well, as we pray for one another, we can pray anytime and for everything. Well, when I was working in the camping ministry uh, at the camp, we would also do outdoor education for fifth and sixth graders. And they would come to the camp for a few days and we would do some team building exercises with them. And one of my favorite uh, team building exercises was called the maze. And what this was, was we would blindfold each of the kids and we would, um, we, we had this also this, this uh, maze that we put uh, a piece of string uh, between a clump of trees. And then they, we would put each uh, student's hand on the string and we were told that they were to find an exit to the maze. Now, we gave them also two instructions. One, there was an exit. And two, that if they needed help, to raise their hand. And so the kids would go around and around. And, and finally, some of them would get frustrated and they would raise their hand and ask for help. And so we would then say, uh, you know, quietly to them, you have found the exit. You can come off the maze. And so uh, you could, it was interesting always to see those kids who were kind of stubborn, who would keep going around the maze looking for that exit when all they needed to do was ask for help. See, if you are like me, we try to do everything on our own. And if we have a problem, we, we try to do everything in our own ability to fix it. And the last thing we do is reach out to God or reach out to others. And what, tenets, what happens, though, is that when we give our request to God, we are replacing our tendency of control with prayerful trust. You see, many times we, we go through our, our, our life and the circumstances and we think we try to rely on our own strength and we try to pray through those situations, but sometimes we need to ask God to let go of that control. And so I would say our third obstacle many times is, is that obstacle of control. And Philippians 4, 6 uh, reminds us as well 
a popular passage for, for many of you. What it means is do not be anxious about anything. And, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. See, many of us, though, are living in anxiousness and fear because we're trying to hold things on by our own strength rather than letting them to, giving them to God or giving them to others to pray for us. So as we pray for others, we need to trust in Him. Well, as we close this morning, I want to encourage you that you are not alone in, in praying and interceding for others. And our prayers are, are backed up by and reinforced by an eternal intercessor, Jesus Christ. As Romans 8.34 says that uh, Christ Jesus who died, yes, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed intercedes for us. As well as Hebrews 7.25 that says also... It affirms Jesus' work on our behalf. It says He always lives to intercede for them. So why does this make a difference? How does uh, Jesus being our intercessor before the Father, Father radically change the equation? See, the truth is Jesus is now our intercessor before the throne of God and we are now enabled to pray for others with an entirely new authority. Because of Jesus Christ. Because by ourselves we have no entrance into the throne of heaven. But because of Jesus we have a heavenly mediator who opens the door and grants us access. And so as our our theme verse this summer in Ephesians 5 says, be imitators of Christ. As Christ intercedes for us, we are to intercede for others. Well, growing up, um, I actually, uh, both, both of my grandmothers had both passed away before I was born. And when we uh, lived uh, out east, uh, there was a, a godly woman that, um, who went to our church that lived next door, and, and our whole family called her grandma. She was the grandmother that we just never had. And we continued to keep in touch throughout the, the years and uh, she was just highly respected in our family. And so years later, while I was actually in, in seminary, um, we had received the news that her health was failing. And that hospice was present and that uh, if we wanted to see her, now was the time. And so I came with these full intentions uh, uh, of praying over her and offering my comfort to her. Uh, even in... But, uh, the whole, as Corey and I sat and visited with her, the whole equation uh, changed. You see, even in her weakness and even in her dying, she instead started by praying for us, for our relationship, for our future and, and ministry. And I'll never forget it, nor did I want to deny her the blessing of our last time together for her praying for us. Well, as we think about what it means to pray for one another this, this summer and what it means to, to truly look to serve or to encourage love and whatever, um, we want to grow as a community, as a body of Christ together. 
And in your program, um, this uh, actually every week is a, a prayer guide. It's right on the other side of our, our weekly program, a worship guide. But this is, this is a, a helpful guide for you to pray. There's praises in here. There's concerns in here. These are, these are not just people. Uh, these are not just names. They are people with real needs that need our prayers desperately. And so I pray that you would use this to lift up others and praying for one another. Also, uh, I want to, um, I think it would be um, very advantageous for us uh, this morning as we think about praying for one another to, to really do that. And so um, if you do not know, we have a prayer team that's here after each service that is just simply here to pray for you. Not to, to lord it over you. They just want to come alongside you, to love you, to pray for you. And so as, as Paul comes up and he's going to lead us, uh, he's going to have a song in the, in, the, uh, in the background. But I invite the, the prayer team uh, forward to come over here in the front chairs. If you would like prayer uh, this morning, you can come and sit next to We'll pray for you uh, as the song uh, continues. But... Uh, Let us uh, continue in worship and prayer. Mm -hmm. 